Welcome to the Right Fight Podcast, a discussion about how to live a loving life. I'm Reg Lloyd, and we're having a conversation with Kenny Vaughn. Kenny, before we get started with the conversation today, uh, I'm interested in knowing why you landed on the title of your book being called The Right Fight. Um, Because I was in the wrong one for so long. (laughs) So, so... uh, spent most of my life fighting to be loved, um, fighting to be accepted, fighting, to, fighting for my fruit. And I think, I think that's where it really came from was, um, you know, we did the tree and we were showing the fruit and the roots and how the roots are what love is. And the fruit of love is this feeling or what comes from it. And that the, the fruit doesn't produce roots. You know, in other words, we're always, so I'm always, I was always fighting for my fruit and, if I fought for it and I created it, I had to maintain it. I had to have boundaries to protect it. I had to, it was, it was all me and it was exhausting. And the moment I turned my back, it would all drop down and fall off. And, um, so that was the fight I was in. Um, and it was the wrong fight. So I was fighting to be loved and in the process, destroying or killing love in my own life. Because I, as I fought for the fruit, I totally neglected or cut off all the roots. And then when I started teaching these children and seeing what love really was, these seven things that love is and these eight things that love is not, that if I fought for the roots, I didn't have to worry about the fruit. The fruit would take care of itself. And I, I don't know, man, it's like when you fight for the fruit, what you don't realize at that time is that you can't produce fruit. So everything you produce is fake or it's empty on the inside. It's hollow. There's, it's like it's useless. It's, it doesn't fulfill you, none of that. And so I'm fighting till I'm exhausted for the fruit, and the fruit that I create is, is useless. And then I finally choose to abandon that and to fight for the roots. And then when I nurtured the roots in my own life, I really went, it's like the seed takes care of the roots it takes care of the fruit my responsibility is to be the fertile ground you talked about that this sunday it's like an incredible job you know but um so so and what is fertile ground it's broken ground you know and so i was hard ground that couldn't produce fruit but i wanted to be fruitful so i fought for my fruit so if you took anything from me, I came at you, you know, so I did, I was all these things, love is not angry, rude, envious, boastful, I pretended to be loving, but I wasn't really, and so I fought for fruit, killed the roots of my own life, and my ground became hard, so I would say I had, I was a hard heart, you know, hard hearts are weak, actually, they're not strong, strong hearts are soft, and then I learned to break the ground up, you know, just surrender, and then allow the seed to be planted, but then I did have a responsibility to nurture that seed, and that was the roots, which was patient, kind, truthful, protect, trust, hope, persevere. And so the good news for me, I like to fight. I mean, I'm just, I don't know, I'm not sure why my dad was a fighter. Maybe that, who knows, whatever. I just, I like to fight. Um, I try not to do any real fighting anymore, but I used to like that too. <laughs> but I definitely don't like that anymore. But um, anyway, so it was kind of, I was, I guess I was almost a little relieved that I still got to fight. I just got to fight for something that really made a difference. I got to fight to live a loving life and all for my roots. And that when I fought for my, for my roots, then I found it took a while. 
You know, it's like planting a seed. You know, if you do this, you're going to first you're going to break the ground, then you're going to plant the seed. And then the first thing you want to do is dig the seed up, see if it's growing or not, because you're not seeing anything happen. But if you persevere, love perseveres. If you have faith, you have to have this faith that, okay, Lord, I trust you. I'm not going to dig the seed up. And then you have to persevere in these things. It just doesn't happen overnight. But if you keep persevering, the first thing that happens is the roots come out. And then after the roots come out, a sprout can come through your broken ground. If it's broken, you harden your ground and may, may not be able to get through. You know, so, uh, so I got to stay in the fight and fight to live a loving life, fight for my roots, not my fruit. And then so that I had been learning out throughout the process. And then we went forever trying to figure out how to what to name the book. And, uh, and we landed on the right fight, not the wrong one. Yeah, I like and, it because I think it's an honest depiction of what it takes to, to love. You have to, mm -hmm. it is a fight. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's an all-out brawl. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not fighting people anymore. The, I'm, I'm mostly fighting the me and me. But it's, right? it's being in the right ring. Right. You know, you're fighting the right That's thing. right. And if you're in the wrong fight, the harder you fight, the worse it gets. That's the thing, right? Get in the right one and fight to live the loving life. And uh, it's not easy, but it gets better from there. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, today we, we are in chapter 10. The title is Loving as a Leader. Loving as a Leader. And in that chapter, you make a distinction between a boss and a leader. What is the difference between the two? So if it's kind of... Um, might come this might come in hot <laughs> okay so um, think about this for a minute but I would say if the people around you wouldn't choose you you're not a leader you're a boss if you're in a leadership position and the difference is enormous in this it, we could we'll spend a good part of the podcast I think hopefully trying to flush this out give some examples but but at the core, the difference is a leader is, is um, selfless, and they're not there to be the leader. They get chosen, and it's an enormous responsibility to them, but they're not there for the title. Um, this may be another good way to say it, um, and I mentioned this in the book. I hope it makes sense, but in order to follow someone, I think— there's three things you need to know. One, you need to know that they have some idea of where they're going. You know, the, I mean, you can't really follow anyone if you think they have no idea where they're going. You know, what good does that do? But I say some idea because I think having an idea of where we're going um, is important, but is not the most important thing. The other thing they have to know is that if you're a leader, they need to know that you won't sacrifice them for the mission and that you won't sacrifice them for yourself and especially for yourself. So, I mean, if you know where we're going, but I believe you might sacrifice me for the mission or sacrifice me for yourself. Well, all that means, you know, where how to get rid of my body along the way. And as soon as I'm no more used to you, um, I, I, I'm nothing. So then if I'm going to stay in this organization, then I have to fight to be, I have to be in the wrong fight, the fight for me to be at the top so that I don't end up disposed of somewhere. So I have to, I have to be me first. You're, my, my boss is me first. 
I have to be me first. So if a boss heads an organization, by boss, I mean someone who is using the people around him to accomplish his mission or her mission or for themselves. So they're, they're, everything they do is for themselves without regard from the people around them. You perform well, they'll reward you. You don't perform well, they'll crush you. They want you to clearly understand there's no glue in your seat. Like, look, you, you could be replaced tomorrow. Um, it's all about this mission. And then it, when I talk about this, sometimes people are like, okay, well, every mission requires sacrifice. If you're not willing to sacrifice these people, how are you going to ever accomplish the mission? I'm like, well... I would say, how are you going to ever accomplish a mission if you're the one who has to sacrifice all the people? Because what happens is you end up with a whole crowd of people, the people underneath this boss, they're all looking out for themselves. They're not there to sacrifice for the mission. And they're, they're perfectly willing to sacrifice the people around them so they don't get sacrificed. And that's all coming from the top down. A leader is willing to be the sacrifice, not make the sacrifice. So a leader is, is saying, hey, if there has to be a sacrifice, I'm first in line. And then he, what happens is you model for the people around you how to also be the sacrifice. So if you have a team of people who are sacrificing each other, it's filled with strife, anger, envy, all these eight things that love is not, it's least likely to succeed. If you have a true leader, then you have a team of people who are there to be the sacrifice. So the leader, the, the boss doesn't have to make, doesn't have to sacrifice everyone. Everyone's willing to be a part of the sacrifice. They're not there just for themselves. They're there for, a higher, they have a higher calling and a greater purpose. And so a boss leads by fear. And this, this, go, this works from dictators all the way down to small companies with just a few people in them. And the difference is enormous. And everybody knows it, you know. So if the people around you wouldn't choose you to lead them, you're not a leader. You're a boss. And the beautiful thing is you, that can change at any moment. You can change your mind. You can change your heart and say, hey, you know what? Never mind. I know this sounds crazy, but never mind the mission. Never mind me. How can I serve you? You know, that, that does mean I need to hold you accountable to excellence. It's not a free-for-all. There's nothing loving about that at all, right? So my, my responsibility is to help you be excellent, but not for me and not for the mission, but for you. My responsibility is you. Your responsibility is somebody else, not yourself. And so, so if you love the people around you, what you end up with is this team of people who, like you could never, I have to say it like this, you could never boss out of anyone what they would freely give you when they realize you actually love them, you care about them. You're willing to do what's best for them. And, uh, and those kind of teams are strong. They're really strong. So boss is the fearful attempting to lead by fear. And then a leader is, is selfless and a servant, and he's trying to build the people around him or her. That's the difference. I can give you an example um, if you'd like. So, and this is in business, but and I talk about this in the book, but there was um, – Two, I'm an out, outdoors everything, right? So I love outdoors stores, and there's a couple here in town. We had one for quite a while, then a new one came to town. And it was then when the new one came to town, man, it was, like, magnificent. Everything about it, 
you know, I think everybody went to the new one. The old one was a metal building. Um, it was pretty bare bones, but they had a lot of great stuff. The new one was, uh, you know, big giant wooden beams and live tanks with fish. And I mean, it was incredible. So everybody goes there. Well, you know, a few, I don't know, maybe a year or so in, um, you know, the, the new one started fizzling a little bit, but not terribly. The reason they originally started struggling, I think, and I I was telling, I mentioned it a few times. I had friends that mentioned it, but you'd go through this store and there would be things, for example, we're Southeast Texas, you know, we're probably 1500 miles from the nearest lobster. But if you went into this store, you would see lobster traps. We're bass fishermen. We're 45 minutes, unless we can drive 100, then we're 30 minutes, you know, with the boat from Rayburn, and we fish with rattle traps. So, like, the most popular bait in our area is a rattle trap, and no one's ever bought a lobster trap. But these guys had lobster traps, and they didn't have rattle traps, okay? So you ask, you know, you go in the store, you're like, hey, and everybody's doing this. It wasn't just me. Everybody's asking, hey, we're look here, look, y'all got any rattle traps? No, we don't, we don't have those but we do have lobster traps. <laughs> no, they didn't tell you that, but there they are hanging on the wall. And so you're like, why don't y'all have rattle traps? You know, well, you, nobody knows why they don't have rattle traps. They just don't have them for a while. Well, man, a few years go by and half the things in the store are like that. And eventually I'm talking, I get to know some of the guys that are working there and they're like, man, yeah, man, we've told them a hundred times, but um, they keep sending the lobster traps and all this other stuff that, you know, like, marlin lures and things nobody fishes for marlin out of sabine pass okay so like it's illogical well because of this slowly this magnificent store starts dwindling and the other stores coming back to life so so much so that you go to the original store in the metal building and there's you know six or eight registers open and they really need 10 because i'm behind four people trying to get out of this place and then the other store, you go over there, they got one register open and there's some young lady or young man at the register playing on his iPad or something because nobody's in the store. Everything's 50% off, you know, all the time. And, uh, and so once it gets hard, then, in, then what happens is they go to this uh, really strict return policy. And, and you go, okay, what's going on here? You know, what, what, why, why is this happening? And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go ahead and c- cut to some of the chase here. If you have a boss, they look at the numbers. They don't care about the people. Now, I'm not saying these are like horrible people. Uh, in defense of the boss and the leader, they have enormous responsibility. And there's usually somebody with a thumb on their head. And everybody's crushing for the numbers. They want the numbers. What's happening with the numbers? And unfortunately, if you aren't careful, what happens is you stop listening to the people with their feet on the ground. In this store, you stop caring about the store manager and the people who are working underneath them. And none of that matters to you. Only thing that matters is the bottom line. So what do you do when, when only the bottom line matters and you're just looking at numbers, you're not looking at people. What do you do? You look at the bottom line, look at all these returns. Hey, we crush returns and profits go up. So they so that, that you get to where you go to the store now and you buy a $400 product that's supposed to last for 10 years and it, and it breaks and you know, or just quits working in six weeks and you bring it back and they're like, Hey, there's nothing we can do about it. And so I'm seeing all this. And my buddy calls me one day. And he's like, man, I just left the so-and-so store and I bought this camera, this game camera, and it was, it was 500 bucks. And I went in there 
and I went to the young lady and I said, hey, I just need to exchange this for another one. It quit working. And she said she couldn't do it. And so I asked, hey, where's, can I talk to the manager? So the, the little girl up front, young lady, calls the manager and says, hey, can you come talk to me, uh, to this customer about this problem? And the young lady tells my buddy, uh, he said he's busy right now. And I'm going, okay, yeah. And so he, you have to know my buddy. <laughs> he's like, well, where is he busy at? Because I, I want to talk to him. And she goes, oh, that's, she points to him. He's right over there standing by the clothing rack talking to so-and-so. That might have been her last day. <laughs> yeah, it probably was, <laughs> right? Unfortunately, it should have been his or his bosses or, or the guy running the whole deal wherever he's at that never comes down here. You know, yeah, so so my buddy goes to him, and but here's, I get my point is this. Whenever fear leads an organization, that's a boss, what they do is they sit on a throne somewhere and they push all of the hard stuff down to the bottom, but they close off all the, the incoming. They don't want to hear anything from them. So when this disgruntled customer comes in and is trying to show them what's wrong, starting in the beginning with rattle traps and now no return policy, then, then instead of feeding that up to the top where the leader is like, I need to know, don't put this on. I don't want my, my staff to be crushed because of the policies I've made that they can't stand to look somebody in the eye and say, this is what we have to do. And, and so if that's going to happen, I need to be down and listen to it. But instead, they're pushing it down, pushing it down, pushing it down until the, you know, the, the person at the bottom of the food chain is getting sacrificed all the time. The guy sitting on his throne watching all this happening. At the same time, right down the road, I go into, so I hear, get that call. And I'm, going, I'm telling my buddy, man, I know. It's terrible. They're not going to last much longer. I go to this other store. I go in there, and, and uh, there's a barbecue pit. I'm, I'm at the customer service register. I don't remember what far, but there's this Weber barbecue pit behind the counter. And, man, this thing has got, I don't know how many hours it's got on it, but I've never seen one with this many miles. Everything's rusted out. Everything's falling off. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I know somebody didn't return that thing. Are you kidding me you know and so i asked the the girl at the register with you know all these other people in the store and everything else like what is what's going on with the with the barbecue pit you know she's like oh yeah that's a return and she and so she's like i know it's unbelievable i can't believe they took it back we take everything back around here it's ridiculous and she's frustrated right and so at that moment i'm going i just said you know what you do but have you been to the store down the street where they don't take anything back. She's like, no, I hadn't been there. I'm like, you see all these registers with all these people? She's like, yeah. I said, that store over there is nicer, it's fancier, has more products, everything, but they won't take anything back. They got one register open and nobody in line. And look at what's going on here. So I tried to use the opportunity just to show her, listen, I know it sounds crazy, but here's, here's what's going on here. This store is not letting the few people who will take advantage of them, who will bring them back something that they got 10 times their money out of and took advantage of their return policy. They won't let those people change who the story is. That's why everybody's here, right? So, so bosses lead from the top and they don't want to hear from the bottom. They push all the hard stuff down to the bottom where a leader would be like the old Sam Walton. You know, he flies over a store. What does he do? He's like, man, land me somewhere. Why is that parking lot empty? 
He didn't call anybody. He wanted to go in the store, talk to the people on the ground, see what's really going on. By the way, you know, Walmart, everybody talks about, unfortunately, they're on the downhill side now, I would say. You know, lost Sam, and, and they've changed too many things. But he, I think he built that thing. I honestly believe he built that thing on a return policy. I mean, if you bought something at Walmart, I don't, you may not remember it, but back in the day, it didn't matter what you bought at Walmart. If something went wrong with it, you brought it back, it was like, go get another one. You know, and so in our lives as individuals, whether it's the leadership of leading a family, a business, whatever it is, people take advantage of me. I'm changing my policy. From loving to boundaries and corralling you and making sure you understand you're not going to take advantage of me. So then I become what I despise and I slowly burn down my own kingdom instead of, you know, it's not easy. And, and, and fighting, but fighting to, to live a loving life. And, you know, it, we, we got shields of strength. We, this kind of stuff happens to us pretty often. And, um, and it's not, it's, it's a little bit of a hard push because even the people around you, you know, like my daughters, we get some things that, you know, they're like, dad, this person's on the phone and you're not going to believe this, you know? <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, okay, what's going on? That's fine. But I'm sorry, we're fixing it. We're replacing it. That's just the end of the story. And then, and then we have to talk like, Dad, you always do. I'm like, listen, baby, we're not going to change who we are. Now, if we get one person that repeatedly takes advantage of us, we're, what we'll do in the end is we'll say, hey, we're, gonna give you, we're still going to give you another one, but please understand, you know, do this, do that, whatever. You make it clear. And that's all you have to do. They don't just keep coming and coming and coming. But instead, if we aren't careful, we just throw the sign up and we become a boss and we're banning the leadership role. And... Uh, we melt it all down. Yeah, that's a great explanation of it. Which is interesting, and you wrote this book in 2018 talking about those two different stores, and today there's only one store standing. Yeah, and the other one went public. Yeah. Right, it's trading on Stock Exchange yeah. now, and they're, and they're, they're knocking it You might ought to tell your friend with that game camera to take that back to the... <laughs> They'd probably, uh, yeah, yeah. Take it back to the one They'd probably take, take it back. Sure. They probably would. They really would. You know, they probably would. I would. Honestly, I mean, what a great opportunity that the other, if the competitor or the guy oh down the road goodness. won't fix what he sold you, but you will. That'd be crazy. But we don't think like that. No. You know? So, hey, help me be a leader, not a boss. Great right? conversation. I hope so. I like the distinction between boss and leader. Yeah. yeah it seems like a boss depends upon position yeah. where that leader depends upon relationship. Yeah. At least that's what it seems like. That's All what right. I said. Yeah. And, and we started with this, I'll end it with this. If the, if you're in that position and you know, if the people around you would choose you or not, but don't, you, you don't have to wonder, right. You, or you got a pretty good idea. Um, if they won't, it's, it's normally not the people around you. That's the problem. So uh, take a look, you know, inside and, uh, and, and do a better job of serving these people and uh, not enabling them. I mean, if you love people, you don't enable them. You help them be better. Ask them how you can help them be better. And, um, and you go from like this dark, dreaded, horrible environment where nobody wants to do anything to a place filled with life. And people who are actually glad to be there and will stick through thick and thin and, you know, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, until 
our next episode. Trust God's word no matter what. Keep your eyes on the horizon. Thanks for listening to The Right Fight Podcast. Make sure to check out Kenny's book, The Right Fight, for more on how to live a loving life. It's available on their website, shieldsofstrength.com, Audible, and all digital platforms. If you have any questions for the podcast, you can email support at shieldsofstrength.com and put podcast as the subject. And make sure to follow Kenny on Instagram and TikTok at John Kennedy Vaughn. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.